0: Hi there, this is Christian Horner.
1: You've won the Austrian Grand Prix! <laughs> Hi, it's Alex Halbon. Hi, I'm Max Verstappen, and you're listening to the Aston Martin Rebel Racing Podcast. Oh, this feels...
2: It's Talking Ball, the official Aston Martin Red Bull Racing podcast, and we're back with some more exclusive insights into the team. In this episode, we want to get into one of the most important aspects of a Formula One race. We're still very proud to hold the world record for the fastest pit stop set in Brazil in 2019, with a time of 1.82 seconds. And the team continues to work hard on the art and consistently sets the fastest time in each race. As you know, every millisecond counts. Coming up, we hear from Max Verstappen on how important the pit stops are to him. We crossed to the States to speak with David Terazaki from ExxonMobil to find out how their lubricants help the whole process. Plus, we have an exclusive track from Daily Chiefers and Tommy Swisher to end the episode. To kick things off this week, Christian Horner and Martin Brundle got together on Zoom for Aston Martin. These guys have known each other for years and we had to get them on Talking Ball. Over to you, Martin.
3: Christian Horner, team principal of Aston Martin Red Bull Racing. Christian, that's what you look like without a mask on, is it? I'd yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah, I forgot what you look
0: like as well. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it's nice to be mask-free in our bubble environment here in Milton Keynes.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty weird, hasn't it, Formula One races, but at least we got the show on the road and are uh, keeping the show on the road with all the protocols and Bubbles and things stuck up your nose for a COVID test every five days.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's a weird existence at the moment, and uh, you know going to the tracks without crowds is is particularly strange and, and and soulless in many respects. But when the car starts running, your focus is drawn into the car and the race, and you don't real you don't recognize the you know the surroundings aren't there. It's only at the end of the race that you feel like you're at a indoor go kart podium ceremony when there's just a few mechanics you know around the uh, around the podium but uh and the most important thing is we're racing and um, and the races have been good so far.
3: I know what you mean about the podium. I've done many of the interviews this year and it just feels weird. You've got three guys just had a brilliant race and nobody's there to appreciate it. There's no atmosphere. And I miss that so much.
0: Yeah, I've seen bigger crowds at a local car club. Uh,
4: <laughs> you know, and, yeah.
0: and you've got the, the best drivers in the world, you know, winning Formula One Grand Prix. But I think the most important thing, I guess, is it's, you know, we're getting the broadcast out and, uh People around the world are getting to see Formula One and um, there's been some, you know, some good races so far this year and hopefully many more to, you know, to come and, um, and some crowds starting to come back in.
3: Absolutely. We hear, we're hearing about that a bit later in the year. But you've had a great run, haven't you? Uh, particularly with Max, he's had five straight podiums and of course that wonderful win at Silverstone for the 70th anniversary.
0: Yeah, a lot's happened in seven weeks. You know, six races in seven weeks has been pretty intense. You know, it was a shame we got the DNF for the first race. You know, without that, I think we'd really be 18 points probably closer to, to Lewis at the moment. But it's been a great run. You know, Max is driving out of his skin at the moment. I mean, he's put in some great, you know, Sundays so far. So uh, yeah, we're just uh, fighting hard to get some performance on the car. And, and hopefully with the 10 or 11 races that, that remain, you know, we can close the gap.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's his run? Uh, Third, second, second, first, second. uh, I mean, his consistency, his speed, and he still has time to remind Giampiero to sanitise his hands or something. He wanted some new tyres on the guy. He knew you'd got some.
0: I think the problem is, is that obviously he doesn't have access to all the data that, you know, the pit wall has, which is supported by back here in Milton Keynes during a, a race, and... And we can see exactly the wear life of his tyres. We can um, see his pace compared to the rivals. And what we're plotting is not just where he'll come out at that point in time, but of course what his tyre state will be for the rest of the Grand Prix. So you know, he was keen to get off a tyre that felt particularly horrible for him at that moment. But uh, there was a, a bigger picture, which, you know, he recognised after the race.
3: Yeah, well, we've certainly seen some feisty drives from him and some feisty overtakes from Alex Albon, who, especially at Silverstone, I mean, that lad's brave, isn't he? he? He's
0: not frightened of anything. Yeah, I mean, Alex's Sundays on the whole this year have been phenomenal. I mean, some of the passes in Silverstone, as you say, around the outside of Cops and, and some really brave, you know, maneuvers. And, uh, I think, you know, his, his racecraft is, is second to none. We just need to get his, his single lap pace. We need to help him with that. And, uh, you know, we've obviously brought in some changes to try and help him with that so and I'm sure it'll come you know he's he's only just been with us 12 months now and it uh, has been an interrupted 12 months obviously with the COVID and so on and I think our car is tricky over a, certainly over a single lap so I think that will will come as we also improve the car. Yeah he just
3: needs a better Saturday which is going to make his Sundays a whole lot easier isn't it those overtakes will be for podium spots instead of the recovery spots really that that he's that he's doing so well
0: yeah most definitely i think his race you know his racing has been been excellent this year i mean he was unlucky not to win that first race with the the strategy we put him on had he not been tagged by lewis so yeah you know, it's it's tough for him it's tough being you know max's teammate um, who's in the form of his life and you know alex has only got just over a seasons worth of experience behind him but uh, yeah he he's a deep thinker he's a smart lad he works incredibly hard and I think he'll he'll definitely get there.
3: Yeah, I know the position he's in from when I was teammates of Schumacher and hacken and you uh, need a lot of self-belief somewhere in there. Your pit stops have been outstanding. I mean, some sub two seconds. Any changes uh, have you made or is it just finessing? Because I, I thought everybody would be rusty having had so so many months off from racing? No, a
0: can of Red Bull just before the stop, and that, that's worth a couple of tens So, so um, no, I mean, the guys, they train and train and train, and it's like anything. They analyse what they do. Every element of that stop, from where the wheel's placed to where the gun is to, you know, every single element that they're, they're trimming hundreds and hundreds of a second. And it's... Uh, uh, it's like synchronised swimming when you see the car come in and it it all work. You know it's quick when the TV doesn't capture the timing. You know you've nailed a quick one because it's, I don't know, it sent the system into meltdown or, or, or whatever. So uh, I think that's the six fastest stops that they've done in all six six races this year. So it's been a phenomenal effort by them.
3: Yeah, I mean, the choreography to get that many people around a car and change the wheels and tyres in sub two seconds as a driver it must feel like you barely stopped and you're you're dropping the clutch again
0: well he's just focused on the lights he's not even looking at the wheels to see where they've gone on as soon as that light goes out he's off um so it's the guys i actually watching the guys on the gun they're actually getting onto the wheel before the car has stopped and you know you've got to have complete faith in your driver on where he's going to stop and he's going to stop in order to do that. But as I say, they they practice and they take great pride. You know, when that list comes out on a Sunday evening, there's a huge amount of pride that, you know, the guys have, have smashed in another fastest stop.
3: Yeah, I bet. Let's talk Aston Martin. You were due to have a test in the Valkyrie with Adrian. Have you managed to do that yet?
0: Well, we couldn't socially distance in it, so.
3: <laughs> so
0: so it got That's postponed. That's the whole point of
3: it, really. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's been postponed to the beginning of September. But the car's running a lot now. I mean, it's it's running at all kinds of different test tracks. We've got a car at red bull advanced technology that we're developing the active system that's all turned on and working you know as it as it should i think they've run the car up to 300 kilometers an hour and uh yeah it's good to see that project you know really coming to coming to life and everything you know certainly from a performance point of view seems to be as as it should be at the moment so there's still quite a bit to do because it basically is a is a race car that's road legal so um Still, quite a bit to do.
3: That initial promise of F1 speeds around racetracks—that's still on target, is it?
0: I think you know it will deliver exactly uh, what it says uh, says on the tin um, in terms of the aerodynamics that it's that it's generating. So, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, going to be a phenomenal car, and um, you know, obviously, it's an important phase now as they're into the tuning of the aerodynamics and of the suspension, so to make sure that it's it's balanced and its handling is you know, as it should be. And, uh, you know, we've got professional drivers working on that, um, you know, with Aston. So, uh, yeah, busy, busy times with that project.
3: Look forward to frightening myself in one of those. So DBX launched to the media, got some tremendous write-ups uh, recently. I don't know if you got a chance to have a look at them in our frenzy of, formula one action but um that, that's gone down really well hasn't it, before the suv it's
0: a great car i mean the drivers had a run in it over the silverstone weekend and they were both you know thoroughly impressed by it so uh it's it's a great looking car i think it's going to be a winner for aston martin so yeah i think yeah we'll see more and more of them hopefully out on the roads now
3: how are you going to close the gap to this mercedes then have you got some you know, some wonderful news from your aero department or the wind tunnel or the modelling or something?
0: Well, we're working flat out, you know, as you can imagine, because it's not just this year, it's next year as well with the car being carried over. So, yeah, Mercedes, hats off to them. They've done a, done a great job, you know, all round, Their engine's strong, their chassis strong. But, uh, yeah, we've got some good stuff in the pipeline and, and still a long way to go in this championship. So, you know, the race is coming thick and fast. But I think that uh, if we can get through the next two that are very much mercedes Sort of territory and Monza and Spa. Then there's a few tracks coming up, a few new circuits as well that you know could mm. come back to us. So uh, you know we see that as an opportunity later in the championship as well.
3: What's your position on these tires when races are dominated by blistering or degradation? Uh,
0: does that does that please you or not really? I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I think that nobody likes to see one stop races, but I think these. You don't want to hear the, di- the driver's having to nurse the tire to the degree that, that he is. So it's you know it's difficult. I mean, Pirelli are only competing against themselves. Um, everybody has the same tire, which I think is a good thing, you know, in in, in Formula One. But yeah, it's never good to hear you know, the drivers you know complaining to the degree that they are, or the tires you know having um, the issues that they sometimes experience.
3: Yeah, one driver radio in and asked his team, "How were his tires?" My heart sank a little bit there. I wasn't one of your drivers, mm-hmm. I hasten to add, but it's this, there's so much telemetry on the cars, isn't there? I, I wonder if we've gone a bit too far with that technology.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're so advanced now, the technology that we have. And the way that the driver drives the car is, I mean, you could see at the beginning of the race, just Lewis Hamilton totally chilling out. You're driving probably three seconds off the potential of the tyre because you don't want to stress them. You could hear Max's comments you know, behind him saying that, you know, he's just cruising. And it was only when Bottas passed the racing point that suddenly he he got on with the programme a bit more. So, you know, that's, I guess, part of the the tactics of Formula One these days. But, you know, I think we all want to see the drivers racing flat out every lap.
3: Yeah, I would very, very much agree with you on that. So where do you see this season heading now in terms of how many races? What's, what's the latest on that in terms of the calendar?
0: I think we're the, you know, the final parts of the calendar will shape up over the next couple of weeks. I think we're looking at 17 races, which is a healthy championship in the end. It looks like we're going to stay in Europe until probably the end of October, you know, early November. So, yeah, I think that, that 17 races will be a you know, healthy championship. It's, it's they're obviously tough for the guys at the moment because the races are coming Thick and fast. Triple headers are tough for all of us, but especially yeah, the heat and the, and and so on. That's been pretty grueling for them. But um, you yeah, know, they're all racers, and uh, I think we'd rather be racing than sitting at home locked up.
3: Yeah, we're going to end up quite soon, having done nine races in eleven weekends, and everybody, even the fans at home, need the stamina for that one. Have you seen anything in in your team where they where they you know beginning to struggle with that kind of pace?
0: Um, not yet. I mean. It's amazing. The race team are so much fitter than they used to be, so ten or fifteen years ago. They all look athletic these days. You don't see any chubby mechanics anymore. They all look, you know, primed, and they all take their nutrition seriously. And because most of you guys are working on the pit stop as well, they're all focused about their, their well being. And I think with the rules the way they are, with parc fermé, the fact that they have to be out of the circuit by what seven or eight o'clock on a on a friday or saturday night they get a full amount of sleep they get rested it's not like you know your time when the mechanics would be doing all-nighters and putting quality engines and race engines and warm-ups so it's quite a disciplined regime that we have now so life as a as a mechanic is much more palatable than it would have been sort of 15 or or 20 years ago
3: yes because some some teams their mechanics uh, the race mechanics don't go back to the factory do they between between events, I heard.
0: Yeah, and to be honest if the cars aren't here, we don't expect the mechanics to be here. So, you know, they've got families as well and um, we'd rather them be well-rested. So, um, you know, they'll be in for, uh, you know, obviously a few days between this next uh, round of races. But if the cars aren't here, there's no reason for them to be here.
3: I have to ask you about Sebastian Bettel, the man you won four World Championships with. Have you spoken to him? He's obviously going through a pretty torrid time. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: Seb... So, um, we achieved so much with, uh, you know, during that, that period. And it's, it's not nice to see him obviously not in a happy place. And um, in saying that he drove a very good race, but uh, he looks like he's got the pressure of the world on his, on his shoulders. You know, he's visibly aged, um, you know, during the last 12 or 24 months. And uh, I think people forget what he has achieved, that he is the third most successful driver you know, in the history of the sport, and um, you know, he drove some phenomenal races. You know, for us. So, whatever he chooses to do next, whether he takes a year out, decides to stop, or moves to another team, you know, that is his decision. But he he needs to do what makes him happy. You know, at uh, at, at the end of the day,
3: and, and fulfills him. Yeah, we all want to see him happy and, and doing well. And are you satisfied? Are You happy with? the structure going forward of Formula One?
0: I think Formula One's in a pretty decent shape, to be honest with you. I mean, all things considered with the crisis and everything, I think the way the teams have worked together, uh, where we're not particularly good at most of the time, I think has been been healthy the concord agreement is going to get signed by everybody and uh yeah i think that the future does look you know encouraging and promising we've got new regulations coming whether it's budget caps for next year technical regs the year after so new look cars so we've got some new circuits that'll be on the calendar that we didn't get to go to this year like vietnam and and uh Zanvo. so yeah i think that there's uh, a lot of reason for optimism Um, you know, in the future of Formula 1.
3: Sounds good. So when you opened your eyes this morning after a decent weekend in Spain for Aston Martin Red Bull Racing, what what were your thoughts? uh, How are you feeling about the season so far for the team?
0: How are we going to catch Lewis Hamilton? That was a... So I got up at 6.30, went for a run. And uh, yeah, that's what's on your mind. You're never satisfied with with second place. Even when you win a race, you, you try and understand what it is. You know, a week earlier, you know, obviously we'd won that that 70th anniversary race. And uh, again, I was up at 6.30 the following morning thinking, okay, how do we build on this? How do we, how do we move it forward? So your mind's always looking ahead. It's never looking backwards. And um, I think, you know, the motivation here is we've got the ingredients of something that if we can just unlock some more potential, we're an outsider for this championship, but we're, we're still in it.
3: We're all hanging on that, waiting for you to do that, to spice up the races. But uh, Congratulations. On the season so far and good to talk to you Christian.
2: Thanks Martin. Yeah we can't wait for the rest of the season now. As the guys touched on in their chat there the pit stop is massively important to us as a team. We're still very proud to hold the world record set in Brazil in 2019 with a time of 1.82 seconds. Here's Max Verstappen with a bit more insight into the wonders of a pit stop.
1: Once you go into the pit lane and you, you do your stop like we are so focused on you know stopping on the marks. The mechanics know exactly of course where to put the wheel gun. That's very important to us and then of course we rely on them but I mean it goes so quick like if it's 1.8 seconds uh, we are like just making sure we do our procedures right and everything but you feel when it's a good stop or not and uh, I have to say of course the last uh, few Grand Prix we uh, well also last year we had some uh, yeah really really quick stops That <laughs> can make a massive difference uh, especially when you're close to a car ahead of or the car behind. Um, so it's of course always very crucial you know, that the guys are on it and, and that you have a good stop. I just need to make sure that I stop it at the right spot. It's also nice that once you come into the box, you know that you have a good group of guys you know, waiting for you to, to change the, the, the times. It, it, it feels very nice because you feel it's all synchronized. So wheels go off and on and you go. Like I literally like accelerated while the car was like dropping. Because I, I could feel that the four guns you know were, were done. So it's better than a three second stop and one guy has a problem, that's for sure.
2: So it's clear a pistol can make or break a race. Let's cross to the States now to talk with David Hirazaki, who is ExxonMobil's Global Motorsport Technology Manager. David, great to talk to you on Talking Ball. We're really enjoying getting to speak to some of the people who play a role in race day, who perhaps the fans don't normally get to hear from. Can you tell us a little bit about your role within the team?
4: I'm the Global Motorsports Technology Manager for ExxonMobil, and uh, I lead a team of engineers and scientists that develop all of our lubricants and fuels for any of the racing programs we're involved with. So uh, we have a a core team of guys and girls that are working on motorsports applications. And whenever we get a unique opportunity like a wheel gun lubricant or a gear oil or an upgrade to an engine oil, our team goes to work and we try to find innovative solutions.
2: Obviously, for an F1 team, um, fuel and lubricants are going to be very important. Why do ExxonMobil partner with the team?
4: Uh, It's a a good question and um, it's a a core part of what our research team is doing because we view motorsports as uh, kind of a live test lab and it's a way for us to quickly put products to the test and a, a lot of times in a normal commercial product development it takes sometimes a year to do a commercial product development because of the external tests that are required and third-party involvement. In this case, we have an application or an engine or a wheel gun lubricant, and we can go after it with only the testing required for Red Bull and no one else. And uh, we can get it done very, very quickly without having to worry about what's what's uh, on the outside of it. So it, it's nice to have um, only our team working on it and no external requirements and we can go at it with uh, a lot of innovative technology we don't have to worry about commercializing it we don't have to worry about the cost of goods none of that it's just about performance and if it if it helps us in the future to make uh, better products that's that's why we do it
2: and i'd imagine the the challenges around a formula one team and, and the race season and the rule changes means that you're kept busy
4: yeah we're, we've actually even though we've uh, been unable to travel to events and unable to to be with the teams um our team has been been busy at work and uh we recently had some discussions with the honda team in japan and we sent out samples for them prior to their shutdown and uh hopefully as soon as they get back they can start testing again so we've been pretty busy getting ready really for 2021. That's what our, our uh, work has been going on right now.
2: So everyone's going to be aware of Rebels' uh, world record for the pit stop of 1.82 seconds. It's a number that still blows my mind. And I know it's one that's continuing to try and beat as well and looking for marginal gains in that area. And I understand the wheel gun lubricant is something that you guys have been working on and has been rolled out this season. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's a unique uh, opportunity for us because it's not a normal or typical application for a racing, uh, lubricant, but, uh, the, the, guys came to us, uh, I think it was the end of last season. And the problem they were having was not necessarily a typical problem that we would be addressing. Uh, it came to us as, uh, an issue with having overspray and at high temperatures, excess oil would shoot out of the gun. You, you can actually see it sometimes on, on TV when you see some teams, when they pull the trigger, uh, you see this oil spray come out of the gun. And uh, they didn't like that fact because it got into the goggles of, of the guys working the equipment and the guys around them. You, you also have uh, excess lubricant that gets on, on them. They don't, they don't really like that. And uh, they, they're breathing some of that in. So that was really the, the uh, crux of the issue. But at the same time, it had to be as good as what they were using today, uh, if not better. Uh, so it needed to protect the internal components uh, in addition to um uh, not minimizing or not losing any torque settings or anything to do with the settings of the gun but at the same time try to address this high temperature uh, overspray problem
2: I think it might have been saying the team have had every fastest pit stop this season so far so this product is clearly helping
4: well I, I think uh, one of the the outcomes that came out of the testing was not only did it it minimize the overspray we, we managed to to avoid uh, excess overspray by going to a very very stable, product over wide temperature ranges which was quite unique for a product like that but at the same time protecting all the internal components but through their testing they found the torque settings could be slightly higher so anytime you can tighten tighten that up at even that much better you avoid any potential for that to to loosen up while, while they take off or while while uh in the race so um if we can help in any little way that's uh that's good for the team.
2: And that all flows back into the speed of the pit stop, I guess.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any little bit helps. And uh, if we're, we're doing a small part in one one little area, that's our contribution.
2: David, what innovations are likely to be addressed in the future in that area? Do you know?
4: I think one of the things we're working on, because of the unique raw materials that went into this, it, it turns out that the raw basic raw material is a biodegradable component and uh, because of the natural nature of the, the raw material, the toxicity is, is lower than what you would find in a typical lubricant. Uh, so you've got a very unique product that one manages to, to meet the, the criteria that they were looking for from an overspray and, and getting on their goggles and getting on their, their skin. But at the same time, you've got a biodegradable and low toxicity product. So it's safe for the environment. So I I think every manufacturing site, almost every industrial site in the world uses an air gun oil. And if you have the ability to have a product that's biodegradable and has low toxicity, I think that's a positive thing. That, that could be you know, a product uh, that could be used in the future.
2: When you got involved in Formula One and motorsport, did you imagine you'd be thinking about air guns?
4: No, not at all. I, actually, I worked in the industrial product line for many, many years, and this was a familiar area for me, but not in the fact that we wanted to minimize overspray and wanted to uh, protect the, the components, but at the same time, we ended up with a product that, that was biodegradable and low toxicity. So yeah, it was uh, rather unique. I mean, the fact that F1 is pushing towards uh, a green future, I think it's a, a nice direction for us to be going in. And there's other, other areas where you could apply that kind of technology. It's, it's quite expensive, but you can apply that kind of technology to other products.
2: I was going to say, does that then flow back into some of the some of the other clients that you work with and some of the other industries you work with?
4: It can. We haven't introduced a wheel gun lubricant like this to any, any other team or anyone in that has asked for it yet, although those wheel guns are used in, in NASCAR and in, in road racing and all, all other environments, but no one has really asked us to, to do that quite yet. Uh, we, we have been asked to help improve some of those wheel gun lubricants, but not at this level that we did for Red Bull. And at this point, it's a, it's a proprietary product for the Red Bull team.
2: You mentioned briefly um, environmental issues there. Obviously, that's at the forefront of everyone's mind at the moment, and a big part of that is fuel economy. What uh, some of the huge strides that have been taken in Formula One over the last few years? It's, it's taking some steps in the, in the right direction, isn't it?
4: We are always looking at fuel economy because uh, uh, it's an obvious advantage that you can have, but at the same time, we're, we're trying to maximize performance. So we try to do that by improving fuel economy, improving wear protection. But at the, at the same time, we've got to have a product that performs at the highest levels and needs to be able to meet the criteria for the Honda engine guys. And uh, they're always pushing the envelope on us. They're constantly, the 2021 testing we're doing now is taking us to a, a new level again, both fuel and lubricants. And uh, obviously the, the big push is on performance in, in horsepower But at the same time, we don't want to sacrifice any efficiency or, in this case, uh, fuel economy.
2: And both of those things work hand in hand with race strategy as well, don't they, in terms of how a race plays out and the number of stops?
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you can maximize that or minimize the amount of fuel, right, that's helpful. And, and uh, any time we can add that level of performance, even if it's a small, small incremental difference, it's, uh, it's helpful to the team.
2: You guys have been away from the circuits since uh, the restarts. Are you looking forward to at some stage getting back on track?
4: I wish I could be back on the track every time I'm sitting in front of the TV watching the races, which... Is, is breaking my heart. Yeah, I, I mean, I physically have been on the road for almost 15 years as a global account manager and then a global motorsports uh, manager so uh, for me to be home since the middle of March and literally not stepped in an airport since the middle of March is uh, is pretty tough. And they don't have to watch everything on TV is pretty tough, too.
2: Well, David, I hope you get back to a racetrack relatively soon. Thanks for joining us on Talking Bull.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it.
2: Well, that's pretty much it for this episode. We leave you with an exclusive track from Daily Chiefers and Tommy Swisher. This is Isolate. Make sure you check out rebelracing.com for all the latest from the team. We look forward now to the Belgian Grand Prix at the end of the month. Until then, take care.
5: Rolling on my own, don't hit my phone, or no, I don't need a bait. Wake up in the mirror, trying to see who I'm going to be today. Not, I isolate by myself all night and day. I saw, so, I saw, so isolate. I saw, so, I saw, so isolate. Rolling on my own, don't hit my phone, or no, I don't need a bait. Wake up in the mirror, trying to see who I'm going to be today. up If the price is right, got chits on me, they free to like. When she on my that bitch a fit, no, I don't need a. If you double cross me, you get hung up. That's a crucifix. With a bread, when it's dope. Love, send a drug to her boat. No sympathy for no. Love her, she gon' treat them like a dunk. All she get from me is fing 4 for foe. Any he is my gate code. I don't take L's, i make those. In a monkey suit, I'm going 8 more. Voices all in my head head. I can bring back the dead Bein' to my friend friend. Only me and my friend Your you don't hit my phone No, I don't need a babe. Wake up in the mirror Tryna see who I'm gon' be today Not you, I isolate By myself all night Mm Iso, Iso, isolate, isolate, isolate. By myself all night and day. Iso, isolate, isolate, isolate. Play your position like Lego. Section full of rude nicks and Some I'm remixing that with fake coke. Don't load the way that I lay low. Ha, this is the season. I'm with the reaper, killing them all for no reason. Check my demeanor, play it all that I'm speaking. You believe it, uh, might be conceited. I need it, I'm by myself so I fit in the creases, follow the money like Jesus, deep is evil like demons, I'm in a dream so she fiending, only independent shopping at need me, sell it for the high, cop it for retail, did it all alone and in no detail. don't you know, hit my phone, no, I don't need a bae. wake up in the mirror tryna see who I'm gon' be today. Rolling on my own, don't hit my phone, no, I don't need a bay. wake up in the mirror tryna see who I'm gon' be today. Not you, I isolate Myself for night day, I so I so isolate, I saw I Iso, isolate Rolling on my own, don't need my phone, no, I don't need a day. Wake up in the mirror, trying to see who I'm gonna be today. Got you I isolate, by myself all night day, I so I so isolate, I so I so isolate, Iso, Iso, isolate. Iso, Iso, isolate. Iso, Iso, isolate, by myself all night day, I so I so isolate, I so I so isolate.